Hello, everybody, and welcome to the twelfth episode of the Local Matters podcast. Uh, Ethan's not with us today due to some medical recovery, but today we're joined by Charlie. Hello. And Liam. Hello. And today we're talking about capitalism and more specifically the negative effects it can have on our culture. I know you have a lot to say about this, Liam. So do you want to kick us off? Yeah, well, this is something I often feel is sort of left out of the economics argument. We're all to we spend time talking about whether this is good for the country how much it grows the GDP, how much it won't grow the GDP. And we really forget what's very important to human beings, and that's the culture we create. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, especially in modern society, things do often get devolved down to, you know, facts, figures and numbers, which are massively important. But, you know, it's it's not just um, a machine. You know, there are emotions involved and people's happiness is uh, something to consider as well. Uh, I don't always think what's best for the GDP is always what's best for people as a whole. Success is definitely measured in money now, whether it be the personal benefit of the politician or the national benefit of, as you say, the GDP, you know, the tax revenue, that sort of thing. So um, because we measure it through this lens, then yes, money is king and everything else is, um, and everything else comes under it. Yeah, I think this is um, correct. Our economics seems to be, um, well, should be downstream of our culture, not the other way around. It should really work to um, benefit us um, and kind of moulded to fit um, maybe an English, an English point of view, a way of viewing the world. Um, you know, the way I see it is everything seems to be commodified um, further and further, and everything's given a monetary value, which you can put, um, put a number on it. Um, you know, and it, and it has kind of I think in some more stranger regards made us forget maybe who we are. Um, so yeah, I think you're right when you say money is king. Um, you can see this happening all over the place, really. But um, where I'm from in Liverpool, um, the council um, and the mayor has sold off um, Liverpool's Waterloo docks. Um, and that's gone to like a, an urbanisation regeneration company. And what they're, what they're doing is building several um, apartment blocks. I think they're about to be 10 storeys high. And what that's effectively doing is taking Liverpool's um, culture and heritage and it's changing it to be something inconceivable as to when they built it. And the reason why it's valuable in the first place is the culture and heritage. It's why people want to live there, to look upon the docks and everything. But to get that value out of it, they kind of had to destroy the purpose in the first place. Yeah, definitely. There's some very strong symbolism there. Um, you can see more information on this issue, by the way, at savethedock.com. But the culture is obviously symbolised by the dock, which Liverpool is known for. Liverpool was built on its connection to the sea. And the mayor, Joe Anderson himself, was you know, the son of a seafarer. He joined the Merchant Navy. He worked with a ferry company. Um, he was even, I read yesterday that he did a sit-in on... Um, he did a sit-in on a big ship to stop redundancies of uh, Navy employees. So he obviously cares about the Navy and the sea and everything like that. But all this heritage is symbolized by places like the Waterloo Dock. And then money is symbolized by the concrete that's going to fill it in and build the tower blocks on top of it. It's, um, it's definitely very jarring, um, especially for someone who says they care about the city, to do something like that. I mean, it's not even so esoteric. I mean, you have, you know, very tangible cultural elements. I mean, I know a lot of our members, you know, go kayaking. 
uh, or canoeing on the um, the docks. It's it's a place that people enjoy not only visually, but it, it serves a practical purpose as well for you know the people of Liverpool to have this area of recreation. Um, so I think it's it's clear that this place is you know important to the local people there, uh, and I there's no consultation of them whatsoever. Um, but secondly, I mean you can see you know that not only is this this man clearly prioritizing the economic side of things over the the you know recreational side of things um but he but he he can't be all bad because of what you said charlie you know he has got a, a a good past what uh really sort of sticks in for me is is the fact that if you look and you can again see this on save the um the vast majority of his sponsors are construction companies it's clear that this man is being influenced not by his actual consideration um you know, for the community that he's in, but instead by, uh, you know, not only the economic elements, but also um, his own his own position as mayor. He wants to, you know, keep keep his job, um, and it's it's that sort of, you know, profits over people attitude that really is what's harming our culture, both you know, in a more visual aspect as well as in a, a really tangible aspect as well. Just to throw this in as well, it isn't only culture or heritage that suffers from hypercapitalism and this massive focus on economics. Um, you know, there's environmental factors as well, and not to stray too far from the podcast topic. But one of the reasons that they said they could build in this dock, you know, fill it in with concrete, was because there was no wildlife there, and people since then have taken lots of pictures of fish and birds in the in the dock. Um, so it's clearly not true um but as we've said everything comes after money interestingly the um waterloo dock was still being used up to 1988 so it doesn't actually you can see it doesn't take long before something needs to change something needs to be globalized in order for it to have some kind of um kind of purpose and i, I know what they're thinking for liverpool I, I do they want they want everything to keep up with, with the world just the way the way it's moving like the western world anyway and the answer for that is more globalization and more industrialization and often more service um, from a service economy, you know. People have always been greedy. Uh, there's always been greed in the world. And it's not like we can sit here and pretend that um, the economics has only become a priority because of uh, capitalism in the last 30 years. But it definitely is in- increasing. I don't think it's so much the increased focus on capitalism i think it's the decrease of everything else you know um so for example culture now is a weird word to use in england because we don't have much of it our culture is largely being replaced by consumerism um so because that's low down the, the list of priorities now then economics is able to jump above it whereas somewhere like um or somewhere like India, you know, they would never sell off anything cultural to them because because it's actually important, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good point you've made there. It it really is not just a matter of of capitalism being this sort of, you know, evil, you know, uh, antagonistic force. I mean, there is a lot good that's come from capitalism, especially you know, uh, through uh, the twentieth century. Uh, but I think, really, it's come to the point where now, um, 
there is no uh, real technological advancement um, to really push capitalism anymore. And, and society has developed to such a point now it's sort of stagnated. And rather than expanding out and, you know, going off and, and you know, uh, expanding in, in places of the world that might, you know, have the space and have the resources and whatever else, it, it sort of become almost cancerous. It is constantly expanding. It's this growth for the sake of growth. And to begin with, that growth is brilliant. It, it's improved quality of life. It's, it's given access to so many resources and so much uh, technology to the world. Uh, but it's, it's come to the point where it's now bloated and it's, it's doing a lot more harm than good. Um, I think it's, it's sort of the complacency wherein people now just think that there is nothing to do but, you know, continue the, the capital growth, uh, continue to build more houses forever expanding population, uh, as well as bring in hundreds of thousands of uh, migrants every year. It is, it's, um, it's short-sighted, I think. I think it's not necessarily... The fault of capitalism, but the but the fault of the sort of cult of capitalism and the culture surrounding it. Um, you know, I think I think these things can be alleviated, but we need to start looking to prioritize. You know, um, people over profits. Um, give sort of a more anecdotal example of that. I know um, there was a, a situation with um, Robin Williams uh, when they recorded Aladdin. Um, and that he he'd said to them that he was happy to to play the genie in the film, but he was absolutely adamant that they didn't uh, monetize or, or merchandise his his character, his his voice, um, and that that wish was was utterly disregarded by um, Disney and by um, various merchandising companies across America. Um, it's a small niche example, and I'm sure there's plenty more, um, but it's come to a point now where you can see the negative impact that that it has on individuals, and you can see the negative impact that it has on, um, you know, society as a whole and culture. Um, but I think it's it's time now that we've we've sort of sapped the good out of this very, you know, greedy growth. And now look to actually spend that money, invest that money uh, into quality of life, and look at creating a more, you know, sustained world rather than a world that's continuously growing. You know, improve quality of life across the UK, get people who are homeless in housing. Um, you know, save the green space, the green belt. Look at these things, and and you know, improve what we have rather than constantly just adding stuff on top and letting everything at the bottom you know, rot away. Yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely time to slow down. Um, how we do that is a big question, obviously. And there's lots of uh, socialists. Sorry, I'm sorry. How we do that is the big question. Uh, you know, there's obviously socialist policies. Uh, you can even go as far as Lenin or Marx to find a solution against hyper capitalism. Um, but yeah, we need something realistic that is between hypercapitalism and socialism, something that works for our country. And every country is going to be different as well. Um, we shouldn't pretend that what works for America or Germany will necessarily work here. Yeah, it's, it's got to be local. It's got to be, you know, uh, specific to the people. Um, but no, I think there's 
some sort of solution that's not, you know, capitalism as we know it and isn't, uh, you know, the dangers of socialism uh, that can work, some sort of, you know, uh, readjustment of, of the capitalist system, which doesn't encourage growth so heavily and how we can do that. Um, you know, I don't think even if we had all the answers, we would have the time uh, to, to give them out on this podcast episode. Um, but it's it's something that we need to start looking at, you know, just as much as uh, it's worth looking at, you know, an environmental issue. Um, you know, the root of that likely stems from some form of profit um, and, you know, tearing down private property and, um, you know, disbanding the police might not be the, the best way to go about that. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, the next battle we really need to start looking at. Um, in the meantime, though, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and complain about X, Y, and Z, but what, what do we think we can actually do to try and, um, you know, exonerate our culture within, you know, our economic spending? Do you guys got any, have you guys got any ideas about that? Something I, um, I read about in Finland is i can't remember what the charity is called i was just looking for it for it now but i can't i can't find it something a lot of the environmentalists leave their money to there and what it effectively does is is um, a charity and what you do is you put your money in and it pulls the money together and it will buy acres and acres of forestry and land um which is then owned by someone and that can't be then it's owned by this company i imagine and and then it can't be sold on um for industrial for industrial means so companies can't buy it. It can't be turned into a warehouse. It can't be turned into um, into um, you know, um, an Amazon depot center or anything like that. That is then saved and turned into um, a green space. Yeah, green space um, and reserves as well. So that's a way in which um, people have have come together. And don't get me wrong, through through a capitalist means, um, they've had to make that money. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are very very wealthy people. Who have made their money through, um, through being very, very good at the uh, the system we have, um, but that's something I thought was fantastic anyway. Yeah, I don't think there's um, nothing wrong with you know earning your money through capitalism. I think it's just about trying to encourage reinvestment into the right places and and um, encourage stabilization rather than growth. And that's that's something great on the macro scale, right? With big scale charities. Um, I think on a smaller scale, and it's something we've talked about a lot, something that I've had a lot of uh, good experience with is um, buying local, you know, giving back to your own communities and, and feeding that community culture, you know, creating that, uh, you know, familiarity between you, your neighbors and, and the people down the road. Because um, that's, that's how, you know, culture brews. You can't just sort of sit there and, and, you know, save all the parks and buy a bunch of green space and expect culture to come back flourishing. Uh, really what it's about is about building it from the ground up. And a big part of that is, you know, reinvesting in your local communities and looking after your local communities. And, and I think the biggest step towards that is uh, to start buying local and to start, uh, you know, putting your money back into your own communities because it's, it's only through that that, you know, everybody around you is going to prosper and everyone around you is going to, again, give that back into the, the machine of your own local area. Um, and I think from there, you will see, you know, small local cultures build up. And then from there, we can see, you know, a more stable, more developed uh, country and regions are throughout the country. Um, 
than than what we're seeing at the minute, which is you know a lot of money being taken out of these communities to go to fuel nothing but these large corporations, um, which which are mainly focused on growth. I think when um, capitalism was more in its in its heyday, when it had a goal in mind, and that was often that um, there was a lot of um, technology and new technology developed by these companies and and um, by people who who had this money in the first place. But now I, I don't see where the goal is anymore. The goal seems to be the means just to keep growing um, yeah. for the sake of growth. And that's where the problem then, then comes in. Um, as you were saying, giving back to your local community and, and feeding and feeding that, that economic machine, there is a goal in mind there. And I think that's, that's important to recognize that it's not just about keeping um, keeping money away from you know, the, the big rich monopolies, but it's also about affirming yourselves as a, um, as a as a small local economy. I think they're both really good points, the environmental and the small business. Uh, they're both something we bang on about a lot, especially the small business stuff. On top of that, our government needs to work to preserve the Englishness of England. Um, you know, no matter how much we buy from small businesses, although we are voting with our wallet, it can only take government action in the end to finally change the system that we're in in which we're covered in um, consumerist companies from all over the world in which our docks are being filled in you know all this happening ultimately because our government allows it to not because we allow it to and this this stretches from uh, a stretch from higher taxes for large businesses forcing businesses to pay their taxes uh, focusing on English business in England um, all the way over to immigration and demographics you know all of this needs to be encompassed uh, ultimately by the government there's only so much we can do um, but ultimately the government needs to change whether it be through election or metapolitics so that England will stay English above economics 100% I think that's uh, that's really well put and I think you know uh, it's it's a ground up battle and uh you know trying to change you know the entire economic focus um of a country is no no small task and you know we're not uh say a local matter thinking that we're going to do that ourselves but what needs to be built is a counterculture you know just in the same way that you have you know the green party or you have all these different environmental groups you know campaigning for this cultural change and this cultural shift towards environmental consideration uh we need to start considering as well um, you know, a, a larger uh, emphasis on these local businesses and breaking up uh, these massive, massive monopolies and corporations and the negative impact they're having on our communities. I agree. Um, I agree with everything you, you, you both said, to be honest. Um, it's interesting to see how far um, McDonald's has, has come for a company which, in my opinion, is still controversial. Um, most people you speak to don't, don't, don't like it, in my opinion, um, even though they make it there themselves. Um, a lot of that comes out of um, comes out of ease, but they're now operating um, nearly 1,300 stores in the UK, um, and that's at least 1,300 um, potential um, business opportunities that have been squandered um, for, for English people, anyway. Yeah, and despite it being so controversial, there's still only one one county which is um, outright refused McDonald's, interestingly, and it's still going on today. Um, that is Rutland. Um, they've been refusing it for years. So I think that leads in nicely to what Charlie was saying about um, there's only so much that people can do, you know. 
um, I, I think the um, the economics is so highly regarded that everything else can be swept aside. Mm-hmm. I think you know it's not to completely disregard the individual action, though. I think we need to look to prioritize uh, individual agency and get people involved. Uh, you know, be you know volunteering for local matters or just acting in your own local community. Uh, you know, work together with the people around you. And, um, you know, do your best to actually try and push back against these these large corporations and these things encroaching on your cities, your towns, and your villages. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, um, your government isn't going to change its mind unless you, you stand up there and do something about it. Uh, just as much as, as a business isn't going to do anything unless you pay with your, you know, your voting dollar. Uh, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, First off, to some extent, you're going to have to be the change that you want to see. And second off, you're going to have to act for it. Uh, and that's that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make sure that there is a, an outlet for people to really, um, you know, not only express these concerns, but also start to build up, uh, you know, some sort of movement against it. Because only by, you know, standing around the flag and, and um, that's a bit. It's a bit much. Uh, only by uh, working together can we actually, you know, see any change happen. Completely. Change is ground up. We always say that. And the government isn't going to cement the changes we want if we don't start that change from from our level on an individual basis and then, you know, to a community basis. Um, everything, all changes start with ourselves um so to anyone on this podcast anyone listening to the podcast um it's completely down to us yeah i think most people um agree with that to be honest um if you see um you, you speak to people and they'll often they'll often be able to tell you something they don't like about what's happening in the modern world be that um immigration and demographics on the right or you know on the left um in 2012 when they shut down many of the libraries you know these are all affected by by the same issue and it's only going to be solved by this um direct action anyway um it's just i think people are too afraid to stand up and you know and shout something you know mm-hmm. it's it's not a uh, a left right issue it's not you know anything for us to to sit here and bicker about at the end of the day you know be you um you know the, the biggest corbinite on the planet or sat there with a, a portrait of margaret thatcher in your bedroom um everybody cares about the local communities everyone wants the place that they live in the place that they're from to prosper uh, and everybody wants to see not only uh you know england succeed um or whatever country they're from succeed but they also want the people there to be happy they want to be happy um it's it's you know just it's a natural development of you know, we, we've we've grown in terms of capital. Now we need to grow in terms of, you know, that people element. And um, I think that's really the way that things are going to start to turn, or at least I hope so. Um, I, I think being, um, talking about being active is a good place um, good place to end it on, really. Um, do any of you have anything else to say? Uh, no, I think that's everything from me. Yeah, that's everything from me too. It's difficult to talk about pinpoints in a discussion on culture or economics without going into number reading or anything like that. But um, yeah, I think we've I think we've got some good coverage. So now, uh, Liam, do you want to finish this off with the outro? That's all for this episode. You can find more podcasts and articles at www.thelocalist.org or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Local Matters ENG. 
If you're feeling generous, consider sending us a donation at paypal.me forward slash global matters. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.